As a mother, wife, and divorce attorney for over 15 years, experience has taught me a lot about how to deal with times of uncertainty, transition, and facing opportunities for growth. I'm happy you're joining me for this part of the journey. Do you ever feel like we're living in one disaster after another? From ice storms to hail to tornadoes? How do you protect what you've worked so hard to create? My guest here today is Jennifer Wilcox. Jennifer is an agent with State Farm for over 18 years, and she has firsthand experience in helping people prepare for disasters. She's also the mom to three busy children, and she and her husband are active in our North Texas community. She's here today to share some of her tips and insight, what she's learned to help people prepare for protecting what matters most during times of transition. And of course, I'm gonna mention that she's here today speaking on uh, behalf of herself and not on behalf of State Farm. Jennifer, thank you so much for taking time to be here. Thanks for having me. So I, you know, when we talk about insurance, I, there are like three main areas that kind of come to my mind um, that I wanna to touch on with you today. And the first one is homeowner's insurance. And, um, you know, I'm a lawyer. I'm used to reading like complex documents, but I will tell you it is overwhelming to pull out the homeowner's policy and try to decipher that. What are some of the most important elements we need to look for in a homeowner's policy? Um, in Texas, there's two main types of homeowner's policies here. There's an all risk policy and there's a named peril policy. Um, some companies offer both, some companies offer one, type and some offer only the other. So the difference between the two, an all risk policy is says that everything is covered unless we specifically exclude it. A named peril policy lists the covered items. Only those risks are covered. So the first thing that's important to know is whether you have an all risk or yes. a named peril policy. Yes, not all policies are created equal. And where do we look to see that information? You can ask your insurance company mm -hmm. it, whether you have an all risk or a named peril policy. There is also a website, the Office of Public Insurance Council website uh, should be able to tell you which policy you have. But the easiest place would be to call your agent or to call the insurance company. Is it like in the actual policy packet itself is it like in the title or would you just see writers or like how do they how do they look different i don't know exactly how they look different because i'm not real familiar with other companies policies I see. um i'm comfortable looking at declarations pages which lists coverages of a specific policy but the policy itself i'm not privy to. I don't have access to that. So what is the most common type of policy for homeowners to have? The most common type that's sold in Texas is the named peril policy. Is there a difference in costs as well? A, a, a difference in costs, of course. So with a all peril policy where you have more coverage, it's going to cost more. That is the type of policy that State Farm offers that I sell. The named peril policy is a more common policy. It's cost less because less risks are covered. Okay, and I and of course the time to find out that you have less coverage mm -hmm. um, before a loss is before a loss, and yeah. unfortunately, I think for most people, it's a big surprise to find out that they're not fully covered. Right in incidents. Yes. Um, okay. What is what is a deductible? How does that work? Well, a deductible is what the customer is responsible for paying before the insurance company pays. So, in the event that you have a covered loss. Um, 
let's say, for example, you have um, a theft and you start adding up how much has been stolen from your home. If the amount that it would cost to replace the item stolen from your home is under your deductible, then we would not recommend filing a claim. That's the customer's responsibility. So it's what the, deduct the deductible is what the customer pays out before the insurance policy kicks in. In Texas, the most common deductible is 1% of the amount that your home is insured for. So if I'm insuring your home for $500,000, then your deductible is $5,000. There are two deductibles in a, home, in a homeowner's policy. One is other, other perils. That would be fire, theft, water, um, and then there's a wind and hail deductible. That's big in Dallas. <laughs> so I'm guessing that in, mm -hmm. in Texas, we probably pay a little bit more for that. I mean, the deductible is a little bit higher for the wind and You can choose hail. your deductible. Uh -huh. Most companies, the minimum deductible for both wind and hail and other peril is 1% of the amount that your home is insured for. Okay. You can choose a higher deductible, 2%, 3%, 4 and on. Um, most people don't do that. Um, unless they are comfortable assuming more of the responsibility upon a loss. And of course, I assume that the higher the deductible, maybe the less expensive the, the policy is. That's exactly how it works. Okay. Um, if you were to do the math, it's there's not a huge savings between a 1% and a 2% deductible and the customer's out of pocket double the, the money. So most people have the 1% deductible. Okay, I see that makes it, sense. It makes the most mathematical sense. Now, um, when the hailstorms blow through and the wind and all of that, I know in my neighborhood, I'll drive around and you'll see all these roofers will be out um, getting business. And I've heard sometimes some of the roofers wanna offer that they'll pay the deductible. Is that allowed? Is that permissible? It's actually illegal <laughs> and unethical. Okay. Both. So, I mean, I think a lot of people don't know that. You think, oh, this is great. The roofers come by and they've said, you know, they, they said they're going to pay the deductible, so we're not going to be out any money. But what you don't know is that then you're dealing with an unscrupulous roofer. That's right. Okay. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is like the value of the house. Like how much coverage do I have? So, you know, we bought our first house. We lived in it for 20 years. Mm -hmm. um, the value changed substantially over time. When When is a good time to kind of reevaluate or reassess how much coverage you have? Okay, first is when initially buying a homeowner's policy with State Farm and with my office, what happens is we ask you questions about your home. We also look on the internet for details about the house through Dallas Central Appraisal District website. We can look at Google Maps to look at a photo of your home. And we take all that information, put it into a calculator, and the calculator tells us how much it would cost us to rebuild your home. Okay, so it's rebuilding the house. It's replacement cost. Okay. We are not concerned with market value. We're not concerned with appraisal value because those values take into account the cost of the land we don't have to ensure the value of your land. So we are concerned with rebuilding your home, the structure itself. Um, so that's the first time that you look at how much do I insure my home for is when you buy a homeowner's policy. With State Farm, we have an inflation guard on our homeowner's policies to keep up with the rising cost of construction and labor. I was just gonna ask about mm -hmm. that because right now I know like the, the costs are going through the roof. So yes. that's not, if you have a good policy that's covering that, 
then you, you want to make sure you have an inflation guard for sure. It. So I always say, tell everyone, my grandmother bought her home for $12,000. And when she passed away 60 years later, certainly the home was insured for significantly more than 12,000 because she had a good homeowner's policy that kept up with the rising cost of inflation. Um, that's Without the inflation guard, I would say that you'd want to look at having your homeowner's policy reviewed every two or three years. Okay. Um, and even with the inflation guard, if you do a remodel or an addition or um, any kind of construction changes to your home, your insurance company needs to know about it so they can reflect that in the insurance coverage. So that makes sense. Obviously, you do a yeah. big remodel. That's going to be more expensive to rebuild that out if something happens to the right. house. Exactly. What are the most common types of damage that happen um, to your your clients? I mean, what, what do you see and well, experience the most? In Dallas, of course, we see a lot of hailstorms. Um, other than that, we uh, I'd like, love to talk about water coverage and how it's covered under a homeowner's policy. Um, because we do see water claims mm -hmm. and many people I don't think are um, informed about how water is covered under a homeowner's policy. This is great because I'm really curious. I've known people who, you know, they have a water leak and they get a whole new kitchen or a whole new bathroom. Mm -hmm. um, and then other types, it seems like there's not, no, no, coverage. no coverage. So how does that yeah. break down? What are some of the, the things to look for? Yes. So um, I'll speak about the state farm policy because that's Sure, what course. I can do. <laughs> um, under the State Farm Policy, there is coverage for sudden and accidental water. That is automatically included in your homeowner's policy. You don't have to pay extra for that. So is that like if it's the floods, it's raining outside and it's pouring in? I mean, what no. is sudden and accidental sudden water? Sudden and accidental water is a pipe burst okay. or a uh, washing machine ho hose coming loose and water going everywhere sudden and accidentally. Um, what you can purchase with State Farm and some other companies, not all companies offer a rider for slow water leaks, but we do, and we always recommend it. This provides coverage for damage that's caused mm -hmm. from a plumbing pipe leak or an appliance leak that happens over time, you're not aware of, it's behind your wall, it's under your floors, and then you realize you have a very big problem. <laughs> like you get a big water bill maybe or something? That's one yeah. indication <laughs> of, of, oh, I think I have a problem. A lot of times people will notice their tile shifting or cracks in cabinets or other things, you know, putty walls uh, <laughs> um, are uh, a sign to call us. Um, so, but you mentioned flooding. Mm -hmm. That is excluded from every homeowner's policy in Texas. You cannot buy a homeowner's policy that gives you coverage for outside rainwater coming in. That coverage is flood insurance. It's off offered through the National Flood Insurance Program. Okay, so you have to go through a whole different, a whole different program to yes. get that. You, you can buy it that. through us, but and most insurance agents will sell it, but it is not. Um, company sponsored. It's government. Right. Okay. That is really interesting. Mm -hmm. yeah. I had no idea. Um, okay. So I was thinking, um, well, we'll shift now and we'll talk a little bit about, about cars. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm the mother of three teenagers <laughs> um, and it's, car insurance is something that yes. um, is definitely on our radar. So what are, what are some of the basic things we need to know, first of all, about car insurance? The most important part of car insurance is your liability coverage. I will say this day in and day out, and I don't think that 
everyone is aware of that. So your liability coverage is the coverage on your declarations page when it says uh, 50, 150. You've heard that. Mm -hmm. What that means, if, if those are your numbers on your declarations page, what that means is if you cause an accident and someone is injured in the other vehicle, then your insurance company can pay up to $50,000 per person for injuries, a total of 100,000 for all injuries, mm -hmm. and a uh, maximum of up to $50,000 to repair the property that you've hit, whether it's their car or a building or whatever you've done. Um, you want to make sure that your assets are protected with that first number, that first 50,000, because if you cause an accident where someone in the other vehicle is killed, your insurance company will pay that first number, 50,000. If you have assets worth more than that, you are vulnerable for a lawsuit, for having to pay out of pocket. So what I recommend to anyone who has anything to protect, purchase a personal liability umbrella policy. You've heard of those yes. umbrella policies. Okay. okay, anyone who has any money to protect, buy one today. Um, it's a $1 million uh, additional liability coverage on top of your car insurance and your home insurance. So if there's a loss, uh, your home or auto insurance pays first. And if the damages exceed that liability coverage that's listed on the home and auto insurance policy, then the umbrella policy pays. Okay. It's in $1 million increments. So if you need more, you buy 2 million. If you need more than that, you buy 3 million. So for anybody who has, um, you know, assets more, and, and, and I mean, Texas is, it, we say it's a generous state for to be, a, uh, I mean, you have a lot, there's is a lot of credit protection just in terms of like your homestead protection. Yes. But once you get beyond that, then, then it's fair game. So if you own a vacation home, you own other properties, um, there are investments that may not be protected and that could all be up for grabs That's in a right. lawsuit. That's right. In an umbrella policy, in order to purchase an umbrella policy, your auto insurance policy must read $250,000 per person, $500,000 for all injuries, $100,000 for the property damage. So you have to have those underlying limits first and then you can purchase the umbrella policy. Okay. Um, umbrella policies are very affordable. They range from $12 to maybe $50 a month. It just depends on your drivers. Oh my gosh. If you have <laughs> well, if you have youthful yeah. drivers and or if you have accidents, that will increase the cost of your umbrella policy. Um, depends on the number of vehicles you have. Your agent can tell you how much it costs, but it's it's the most important part of auto insurance coverage. Very insightful. I'm mm -hmm. so glad we're having this conversation. Um, okay, the other question I have about auto policies. Um, is is the car insured or is it the driver? So for example, if I have my teenage driver ends up driving his friend's car, mm -hmm. is he gonna be protected? His friend's insurance would need to pay. Okay. The, the insurance follows the vehicle. Um, if your son had permission to drive the car under State Farm, we would pay for that claim. Not all companies will do that. Some companies um, will only pay if it's a listed driver on the policy. So I would be cautious about that and know if that's your plan and know that you can't allow someone else to drive your car because it could be excluded. Okay, that is really interesting. Mm -hmm. And I know we see that come up quite a bit, especially with um, families that, you know, like when, when they're um, getting remarried and you have lots mm -hmm. of kids uh, joining under one household and, you know, you need to make sure that everybody's listed on the policies for driving the cars. Right. 
and also needing to make sure that whoever my teenager, <laughs> that they're not inviting others to drive our automobiles. Yes, it's safest if we all just drive our own vehicles. So what are some mm -hmm. of the factors that we look for um, that will help determine the cost of the insurance? Uh, like just kind of the basics on the policy and then we'll, mm -hmm. we'll go back to talking about teen drivers. Okay, sure. The things we can control with auto insurance rates are coverage and discounts. Those are the things that make up your premium. Um, so there's liability coverage, which we discussed. Mm -hmm. There's personal injury protection, which pays if you're injured in an accident. Um, I usually recommend covering your healthcare deductible with that personal injury protection number. 2,500, 5,000, and 10,000 are the options. Mm -hmm. Then comprehensive and collision, which is what makes up full coverage. Uh, comprehensive is theft or hail damage or um, flood is covered under, under comprehensive. And then collision is if you have um, an accident and your car is damaged. Um, those are the two most expensive coverages uh, in an auto policy is collision. Okay. So liability is making sure that the other people are protected, so you're not going to have a lawsuit. But you also want to make sure that, I mean, if you're hit by an uninsured driver or they don't have proper coverage, um, what are you what are you looking at to make okay. sure that you're you're adequately covered? Yeah, there's two ways to cover yourself for uninsured motorist um, or an, or an uninsured driver hitting you. Mm -hmm. You can purchase uninsured motorist coverage and protect yourself that way. Um, that coverage list bodily injury to you and the people in your car, mm -hmm. just like the liability covers the other folks. So if let's say you have an insured motorist of the 50, 150, again, I'll come back to that. It's a common number. And you're hit by somebody who doesn't have insurance or they don't have enough insurance. We can pay for uh, your medical injuries, $50,000 per person in your car, 100,000 for all injuries in your vehicle and then up to 50,000 to repair your car with a $250 deductible. So that's one way of protecting yourself if you're hit by an uninsured motorist. If you did not have that coverage, you could carry collision coverage on your policy. And if you were hit by somebody who didn't have insurance, your collision coverage could fix your car after a, usually a higher deductible. Most people carry $500 deductibles under collision. Some people carry 1,000, just depends on their comfort level. Got it. Um, okay. There's, there's so much there's so in much. this. It's yeah. why it's really helpful to have a great agent to help navigate yes. um, through all the options. For sure. What are some, what are some of the discounts? So, you know, okay. if I, my kid's getting really good grades, can I expect that we'll be paying mm -hmm. a lower premium for them? Yes. So youthful discounts are critical when customizing their plan because it is expensive to insure a youthful driver because they hit things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so discounts for youthful drivers would be academic achievement discounts. So good grades, usually 3.0 or better. Um, there's also driver's training. So they take a driver's training course, either a parent led course or um, a commercial course gives the discount. Uh, State Farm offers a State Farm specific discount called Steer Clear. And it's a wonderful discount um, for youthful drivers. It's just layering those discounts, adding as many together as we can to try to get the price as low as possible. That, um, the other way to mitigate a uh, youthful driver premium is that collision coverage is very expensive. So if you can have your youthful driver 
in a car that does not need collision coverage, that's another way to mitigate the coverage. So the, let them drive the, the beaters. Is that? <laughs> it's an option. It's an option. Now, don't show this to the to the youth. They won't like hearing <laughs> right. that, but um, it is an option. And it's, you know, every, every family gets to make their own choice on what's comfortable for them, but it is something they can do. That's great. Mm -hmm. um, now, when, you know, when people are going through a transition, like a divorce, obviously that's um, a time to pick up the phone and call your agent and talk about, um, you know, what your, what your needs are going to be going forward. Right. What advice do you have for people who are, you know, when it comes to auto coverage, when they're getting a divorce? Um, when we will split an auto insurance policy um, after a divorce, we like to talk with the husband to help him customize his plan based on the new situation as well as the wife. And we start from scratch because now their situation is different, their finances are different, the, how they need to protect themselves are, are different. Uh, for example, maybe they need to add rental car coverage to their plan, whereas before if they could manage with one car and borrowing cars, and if that's not an option anymore, then they need to have rental car coverage. There's just all, this big conversation that we will encourage folks to have with us to make sure that their plan is right for their current situation. Good. And especially, you know, in terms of who's going to be responsible for the children. The children. That's it. That's yes. a big one. And so if you have, if the children don't have their own car um, and you're each going to put them on a policy if they're driving your car, is that what I'm hearing? Is it necessary to make sure that the kids are on? No, I would not recommend that. Okay. If you don't want to pay double. So if the husband chooses to cover the cost of the youthful driver, um, on his plan. If they're driving mom's car and there's an accident, it is okay. We will, State Farm would cover that. Okay. Um, not all companies would, so you'd want to talk to your company to make sure that if it's a listed driver policy, then yes, you would need to have both um, the that's useful a, driver listed on both. That's so, an important conversation yeah, to have, it is. for sure. It is. Um, the next thing um, in the area of insurance I wanted to just touch on was life insurance. Okay. My favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and this is another one where I think it can be really confusing. So um, I know there are, there are expensive insurance policies, life insurance policies, and then there are much more affordable life insurance policies. Can you kind of help us to understand the main difference? Of course. So um, really there's two types of life insurance policies. There's term insurance, which is a temporary policy. It's good for a specific period of time. Usually it's 10 years, 20 years, or 30 years. So you buy a policy to cover your temporary needs for, sometimes you only need coverage for 10 years, sometimes you need coverage for 30 years. You buy the plan that fits the, that goal. Um, and then of course there's whole life insurance, which is a permanent plan. Um, it's designed to last your entire life. The State Farm whole life insurance policies go to age 121, so you can't outlive them. And um, that plan covers permanent goals. So I don't think there's one set way to do life insurance. It's a real personal um, plan. And we just talk about how much coverage do you need? And we have a conversation for that. How long do you want it? And how much do you want to pay? 
And I, I think, I know in my own life, you know, the, the needs or the desires sort of evolve. So when you, you have bring that new baby home, you want to make sure you have enough coverage in place to cover them. But, you you know, maybe you're young <laughs> and so you want to get the most affordable policy. Yes. But uh, but that that term policy expires. So I know my right. oldest is 21 now and that 20 year policy that we got. Uh, yeah. Coming it, to an end. It's, it's it, at an end. And it, and did, it did its job. It did its job. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's not so inexpensive anymore at this stage of life to get another term policy, right? So right. so how are how do the costs of the policy how are they in, impacted by different variables? Well, certainly age is the main factor uh, when determining a life insurance cost, but also health, and so you can't buy a life insurance policy after you're not healthy any longer. So we always recommend buy your life insurance, buy as much as you can afford as soon as you can for as long as you can. Um, Because we never know what tomorrow brings and you might still be around, but just not in the best medical condition to get those uh, preferred pricing. Right. So. Um, And so what, like, what are some, some points in people's lives that you see when they are most interested in life insurance or make Mm -hmm. good sense? Yes. Buying a home is always a reason because you've accepted a loan that you've both uh, agreed to that usually will depend um, a lot of times nowadays on both incomes. And so you want to make sure that you, um, if one, something happens to one of the spouses, do we need to cover the mortgage? Do we need to pay off the mortgage so the other spouse can live comfortably in the home without having to worry about it or make a quick sale or something like that? So buying a home, having children is always an additional responsibility financially. So we wanna make sure that we can cover potentially their education costs if you die before um, they go to college and you wanna have that covered. Um, and income replacement, so getting married, is a reason if you are now making decisions based on two incomes if one of them um, is not here tomorrow what happens so we just talk through goals and everybody's different everybody has a different plan i personally have all three types of insurance i have term insurance to cover my temporary needs like my mortgage my college my children's college education plans Um, i have a return of premium term, which I didn't talk about, which is really a fun policy. It's a temporary policy that at the end of the plan, you get all your premiums back. Wow. Some people love that. It costs more, but it's like a forced savings account. And so at the end of the 20 years, you didn't die. That's really good. (laughs) You get all your premium back and you can pay off your home with it. You can pay for your children's college education with that money, you can do whatever you want to with it. So I have one of those to satisfy one of my goals. And then I have permanent insurance because I want to make sure that whenever I die, whether it's at age 50 or at age 90, I have a legacy for my family and I'm doing that with life insurance. So in my retirement years, hopefully I live to age 90, but in my retirement years, I can spend all my retirement income on me. I don't have to I feel like I have to put some aside for my children because my permanent life insurance plan is going to do that for me. That makes so much sense. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I'm sitting here thinking about there's there's so many ways to buy insurance these days. Mm -hmm. So I know I get bombarded with offers all the time. Um, And 
you know, one of the, the benefits of State Farm is that you're working with an actual agent. And I know from knowing you, the kind of service and engagement that you have with your, your clients. Mm-hmm. Um, talk a little bit about kind of what you get to experience working as an agent with people through what I imagine are some of the most difficult times. And best times. We're there for the best and worst times of everyone's life, it feels like. So um, we get to rejoice when our customers get married or buy their first home or have their first baby. These are all really fun things that we get to go and uh, customize their insurance plans to protect. And then we do also the very hard stuff. I've had three home fires this year. Those Mm -hmm. are traumatic. Um, But it's so important to have someone that you trust that you can call when this happens to you. Um, I would just encourage your viewers, your friends, your family to think about who do I want to call when something really bad happens. Car accidents can be very traumatic and um, change people's lives forever. Who do you want on your side, giving you advice, walking you through the process? Um, I know me and my office provide huge value to our customers whenever we're, we're helping someone through uh, a tragedy. I guess the difference of do you want to call an 800 number <laughs> and you know luck of the draw versus really having somebody on your side to help you navigate that period of time. Right. Thank you so much for coming and helping oh, illuminate and educate us on insurance. This has been very insightful. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it. If you fun. want to learn more about Jennifer Wilcox, uh, we will include links so you can uh, find out how to contact her. And we'll also include a link to the flood insurance uh, program that she referred to in our talk today. We hope you'll tune in next time. Thank you. Thank you.